4: Thanks for joining us on another episode of Buffalo, What's Next, I'm Angelie Preston. And on today's show, we have two best friends that decided to start their own business together, educating the community about sex, mental health, and other issues typically not openly discussed in communities of color. Yanaba Hawkins and Raina Moncrief are both born and raised in the Queen City and are here to talk about Girl Gang ENT. Welcome, ladies.
2: Hi. Thank you. Thank you for having us.
4: How are you?
2: We're good. We're good, yeah. It's been a day. We just did a training. It's been a good Girl Gang Day. It's been a good Girl yeah, Gang Day, yes. We're
4: good. Let's talk about Girl Gang ENT. What is it?
0: Yes. So how we typically introduce ourselves, we are an event planning and hosting company. Um, we started off from college with an idea and Yanavi usually does a really good job telling <laughs> why we started. So I'll let you say why yeah. we started.
2: So, well, I'll first start with this, too. Just, like, our background in terms of we pretty much have identical life stories, almost. <laughs> like, we started being friends and maybe when we were, like, eight or nine. We mm-hmm. went to the same high school, went to the same college. So then at the end of college—well, maybe, like, junior or senior college, we're like, okay, we go to these parties, but it's always hosted by men and like or like the frats and like those are the parties that are the most booming and we're like we would love to go to a party that's like hosted by women and then I just feel like having the touch that women had like that we knew we could bring to an event space like that and then have like women DJs and like photographers videographers like that's where we really were like okay we should do this so then our senior year we were like you know what Whatever, we're just gonna throw a party. So, we threw a graduation party the year we graduated. We yes. were like, we don't even want our own graduation party. We're gonna throw mm-hmm. one for, for our friends. Other, yeah. And when I say we had no money, <laughs> we had no resources. No. We were just like, we're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. So, we weren't even Girl Gang yet. Yes. For like, we were, we were Girl Gang for like two months. We were Girl Gang. We just weren't Girl Gang LLC. Yeah. So, we threw this party. It was fantastic. I mean, at that point, profit any profit was profit. But we were like, oh, we could do this. Mm-hmm. So that's really where we started in terms of like event planning. And honestly, I didn't really have an event planning background. Like Rain and her family, they all do event stuff all the time. And I'm more of like the day of like hosty type of person. So we were like, we could do this. We just have to figure out what our like niche is. And we knew we wanted to support women. So that's where we came up with the Girl Gang situ- um, situation, the Girl Gang name. And mm-hmm. then you can. And then.
0: um. um, um we continue hosting our own events and planning events, and in 2018, I want to say mm-hmm. we joined a community action board with Hope Buffalo, and um, we basically created Pop and Play, the sexual health intervention. So it's a party, it's an intervention, it's um, there's a goal of actually getting black young adults. And young people tested and to decrease STIs in the black community of Buffalo specifically. Mm -hmm. And we were hired through that community action board as event planners to also plan the event. Fast forward 2020 and we were asked to take it over because we had already been doing it. We created Mm -hmm. it or we were part of creating it and we're an event planning and hosting company. So that's where we're now, like, we own Pop and Play. It's our baby. Mm -hmm. Um, To go back a little bit, the way it started was Hope Buffalo had grant funds from the Tuskegee Experiment Reparations. Mm -hmm. And they basically said, well, these funds are reparations from a horrific experiment that was done on black people. Mm -hmm. So it needs to go to help black people and that's what we decided to create was the event that is pop and play i looked on your website and Mm -hmm. i saw uh one of the videos
4: for pop and play and it's such it's such a unique Mm -hmm. way to talk about sex to Mm -hmm. talk about mental health um Mm -hmm. and it's a a fun way i feel like um so talk talk more about how uh how that happens like Mm -hmm. what goes on at a pop and play
2: Got you. So, first of all, I love Pop and Play so much. Like, it's just, <laughs> so much it's, fun. Right. It's so much fun. And honestly, it's something that we never would have just, like, created ourselves. And so we're glad that we were part of the Community Action Board. And, like, while we are on the Community Action Board, we actually did a lot of... It came with a lot of research on mm-hmm. data um, we did community cafes we had to talk to other people in the community say like why don't you get like straight up blunt questions like why don't you get tested you know there's stigma around testing why is that um you know what have you learned about sexual health from your family like very in-depth conversations for us mm-hmm. to even get to pop and play like we didn't right. just sit at a table with eight of us and be like oh let's do a party no mm-hmm. we went into the community asked okay you don't get tested because you know, lack of access to transportation, or you don't know where to go, or the only place you can go is, I don't know, 30 minutes away. So you're just like, I'd rather just not even get tested. Um, so we, after gathering all that information, we were like, okay, so it's definitely something that needs to be not during the day. Right. Like during the day is just not a good to people at work, people at school. Like that's not a time to get tested. So we're like, mm-hmm. okay, bet, let's do it in the evening. And we're like, okay, if we do it in the evening maybe we could just do a party (laughs) like why not (laughs) so we were like okay that might look a little funky but like let's you know dive deeper into it so we were like okay cool boom we don't want to do like a health fair type situation let's make this an event where we can also decrease the stigma around getting tested because i can be like hey i'm going to a party tonight no one knows that there's going to be testing there you're you're just going to have drinks and snacks or like whatever to chill to chill to see your friends so we, that took care of that part to decrease the stigma, and then we always have free testing at all of our pop-and-play events. Um, Shout-out to Erie County Department of Health. They've been to yes. all, every single pop-and-play. They bring one. their kid, they're fun, they're part of the conversation, and mm-hmm. then they provide free STI testing. Um, we always, also always have a free condom bar. Again, we're not just having condoms in little packages or trying to hide them. We literally put them in chafing dishes the same way yeah. pasta or like pizza <laughs> would be in. Like we put them out on the table. Here's a bag. Do your thing. Get what you need. Yep. Um, we've had sex to- tables before, um, and now we've brought in kind of a new element, which is a panel discussion, um, and that kind of branched out from COVID where we couldn't have in-person events, so we did... Um, lives, and so we just brought in different people from Buffalo, and then even outside of Buffalo, um, we just picked a topic and we talked about it. From, and yeah,
4: and no, go ahead. It's a safe space for mm-hmm. people, yes. for young teens and yes. adults, or whoever, to come in and mm-hmm. and talk openly about yes. sex and yes. about mental health and mm-hmm. about issues that, mm-hmm. like like you mentioned, are 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 stigmatized mm-hmm. specifically, exactly. especially in our community. Right,
2: and we like that it's not. Something where we have all like we get professionals, or I mean, yes, we like to have people in the space that maybe work at Planned Parenthood or maybe are in a sexual health or just health realm in general. Mm-hmm. But we really wanted to be like learning from other people who are going through the situation or somebody who's saying, "Yo, I felt this symptom and I end up getting tested and I got this, and this is what I did." Like to mm-hmm. hear that from somebody firsthand who might be a homie who might be whoever like somebody your age like having that type of situation and circumstance in a safe space is like way better than us just having a doctor be like you should get tested like we've we know at this point that doesn't work yeah but to have a panel of young black i would say youth and all the way up to i feel like we usually cap at like maybe 35 36 age at this point but i feel like between like 18 and 35 ish is what the room is full of and to specifically have black people in a space and talking about black health which is not funny but we had somebody reach out to us on facebook like why is it black sex like what's the difference in black sex and white sex Da da da. and we're like well i mean there's a lot of reasons but also when we talk about black sex we're not specifically talking about penetrative sex like right. we're talking about there's health disparities specifically around black sex in terms of um pregnancy women STI have STI rates. rates are high you know there's not a lot of STI testing places in black communities like it's way more than just this is my partner we have sex and we're black, black. Bodies like bodies are oversexualized. sexualized right. like there's just so much more there's so much more layers it. than that yeah. yeah so that's why our motto is protect your pleasure because it's like Whatever your pleasure is. Like, we don't care what that looks like. It's Mm -hmm. different for everybody. Whatever that is, we just want to make sure it's healthy. And we go beyond – we don't even really use safe sex. We always say healthy sex Mm -hmm. because that encompasses way more than just a condom. Like, that means you're having – you're in situations with people who are mentally stable in this situation, who have your best interest in this moment. Like, healthy sex goes way deeper than just having – a contraceptive.
4: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you both mentioned uh, Erie County has been in each one, each of the pop and plays. Yes. They did a study or they released data last year mm-hmm. um, about STDs in Erie County and the 14211 and 14215 mm-hmm. zip codes uh, tested for had the highest rates in the county mm-hmm. for STDs. And both of those zip codes are on the east side. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, talk about that.
0: So that is literally why (laughs) we were asked to be part of the Community Action Board Mm -hmm. and to start this intervention and this um, event or create pop and play because the rates are so high and were so high Mm -hmm. and we needed to address that. Like, why is that? Why is that happening? What are the reasons? Like, is it education? Is it the resources? Mm -hmm. Is it the stigma just in general? We found it was all of those reasons. Right. <laughs> we could only really address, like, two yeah. with our events. So we focus mainly on education and stigma, mm-hmm. um, which is why, for one, like Yanava you know, said, it's a party. It's not a health fair. It's right. not like, Mm-mm. you know, come tabling. talk to this, yeah, <laughs> this organization. <laughs> no. That. It's no tabling. No one's passing out anything. No flyers. It's just fun. It's <laughs> right. food. It's drinks. Mm-hmm. It's music. We always have a DJ. Mm-hmm. It's a turn up. And right. The only people we've actually allowed in the space that's an organization or a business mm-hmm. is Erie County Department of Health. Right. Um, Because they take care of our testing and honestly, they understand what we're doing. Mm-hmm. They're fun and they always get into the conversation. I right, think at least once every pop and yeah. play, they'll say something.
4: What has right. been the response from the community, from people that have attended the pop and plays? Mm-hmm.
2: Love it. Yeah, they love it. <laughs> yeah. They definitely love it. And I also wanted to just add to what Rena said. And- in particular about the zip codes, um, is that we are very, we are also very, um, what's the word I'm looking for?
0: Intentional. Intentional
2: on where we have pop and play, mm-hmm. especially when we first started. Um, we, like, we've like we had one at Barcy Theater on Bailey, like that was I think our third one. Uh, we had one at the Landmark. Mm-hmm. Um, we had one, like, right after COVID. Well, it was still in COVID-ish. But we actually did one at the barbershop on Delavan and Styles of Man. Styles of Man barbershop. Yeah. So, like, we. Oh, will... so Delavan and Cortland? Yes. yes. Okay. So, mm-hmm. we did a pop and play in there. Had a DJ. Had kind of everything we normally have. Mm-hmm. People were just walking down the street. I'm like, yo, if you want to get tested, we got free testing real quick. Like, mm-hmm. we are not scared to be. Not I don't want to say scared. But we are very intentional about being in those spaces. Yes, now we have kind of grown a little bit. And maybe we are in spaces that aren't necessarily black owned or not like in those specific zip codes but I think now also our reach has grown Mm -hmm. so people are like okay like I know who Pop and Play is like I'll go to that place because based on who they are and we've had a lot of people who have been to multiple Pop and Plays at this point after every Pop and Play there's always somebody who's like oh how can I get on the panel and it's not some like oh we only choose these people because they have followers or we choose people because I know they did no it's like if you have something to say you feel like you can be on this panel and use this platform to then educate the community even though you're not a health educator quote unquote your experiences will educate somebody in this room we're like of course Mm -hmm. like yes you can be on this panel so I think the feedback that we've gotten has been tremendous both in person and um with our online like Facebook lives that we do um yeah the feedback has definitely been positive how often do the pop and plays happen so the Pop and Play event, like the
0: in-person event, is only once or twice a year. Yeah. And then we do the Facebook Live panel every third Thursday of every month. Yeah. If it's not a Pop and Play. if, it's,
2: if <laughs> Right, if it's not a Pop and Play event. Right, that month. Right. And we'll also add that all Pop and Plays are free. So mm-hmm. free of charge. You don't pay for anything. They always come with food, drinks, you name it. Whatever is available is available to everybody when they walk in. No one opens a wallet when they come to Pop and Play. And that will always be... I always, <laughs> yes. Growing
4: up, uh, for you ladies, growing up in Buffalo, mm-hmm. how was your individual experiences regarding sex education mm-hmm. and regarding mental health?
0: Mm-hmm. So we joke about it all the time, but our health class was terrible. It was not it. It was <laughs> some I multiple tell you one thing choice. Yeah, questions <laughs> Mm-mm. and the most monotone teacher. Right. It was not him, good, but it was rough. It was not good. <laughs> it was not. Yeah, no.
2: No. I learned most of what I've learned from talking to friends, internet. And in the trainings yeah. we got at Hope Buffalo. Right. Like, I learned the most during this process. Like, yeah. prepping for pop and play. That's And then that puts you in an even different space because now, like, friends will ask me stuff because they know that I've learned things being through that that time and like i feel like i'm kind of like a champion in the community at this point <laughs> yeah. where people can be like yo like where can i go get tested or they'll just dm me like yo and i like knowing that we've built up enough like information on ourselves because i wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily consider myself like a sex health sexual health educator but like knowing I, we can be like a bridge a that second gap yeah know, a bridge Did that makes sense close the gap close the gap between <laughs> the community and like any of the resources that we know like that's really what i think Feels good at this point, especially when we didn't have it in high school <laughs> at all. Yeah, that was not. No. <laughs> yeah, no, they're just like, save sex. We're like, okay. Appreciate it. Like, next. Right. right. <laughs> like, all right. Okay, let's go play basketball. Like, okay. Yep. That meant a lot. Appreciate it.
4: Let's talk about. I saw on your website, it's the choices for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Talk about that initiative.
2: Um. So again, shout out to Hope Buffalo. Yes, Hope <laughs> Buffalo, our peeps. Right. No, those, that's the home. <laughs> speaking of homies, that's right. The homies. Those are the homies. <laughs> so once we were in the loop with Hope Buffalo, from like being on the community action board, building pop and play, we were well connected um, with Hope Buffalo. So they had they were looking for someone to contract to um implement a sexual health intervention for teen girls ages 14 through
3: 19. Mm
2: -hmm. um it started out with specific zip codes but we were able to just narrow that down to just girls who live in buffalo Mm -hmm. um so pretty much it's a program that's already created it's a video called 17 days um but honestly like pitching that to a school just being like here's a video called 17 days can we come it's not sexy Mm -mm. so we were (laughs) like okay how can we put a spin on this and like make it a little bit more fun so we decided to call it's the choices for me Um, and it comes. every girl who watches the video gets paid for their time because we're like, you had to sit here for an hour, and we appreciate your time, so you get paid for being here. Um, So, yeah, we pretty much have gone to schools, after-school programs, sports practices, whatever we can get to, and we have them watch the video. We do a little recap at the end, do a little condom demonstration. Um, I think the most important part is at the end we ask questions, or we have them ask us questions, and just let them know that Girl Gang is a resource. I'm like we I mean we're girls we know what it's like to be a high school girl things happen and like health teachers aren't necessarily saying that or coming from that viewpoint we're like we know things happen condoms break you might be in the moment you might have raw sex that you didn't necessarily plan to have but it happened and so like instead of being like well what do I do dm girl gang hey this happened where can I go like so having that connection with the three hundred girls that we reached this year, I think, is wow, definitely, That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, is definitely powerful. And honestly, if you would have asked us in twenty seventeen if what we would be doing in twenty twenty three, it we would not would be not have said doing this. a sexual health but, intervention yeah. for girls. But
0: we love it. I mean, the program it was created by Carnegie Mellon, mm-hmm. so they had already like tested this and they already knew that it was proven effective. The video is um, healthy relationships, but. Specifically, they learn how to do condom negotiation. Mm -hmm. Like if they're in a situation and maybe, you know, the other person wants to take it to the next level... They're not really sure if they want to, Mm -hmm. or they are comfortable with it, but they know for sure we need to have a condom. How do you say that? Do you ask, Do you have a condom? Do you say, I have a condom? Right. You can, they learn that they have options. They Mm -hmm. have the ability. You can say that you have a condom. You can carry condoms. That is okay. Mm -hmm. If you know that you're going to engage in sexual activity, you should protect yourself. Right. And so the video is supposed to show them how to be in healthy relationships, how to negotiate that. And the main character i think her whole story is that she has a boyfriend and they had sex she didn't have a condom and so she was just in a sticky moment of like not knowing what Mm -hmm. was next she didn't know like am i gonna be pregnant right like What's happening with my body? Right. And the entire story goes on from there to, like, talk about how that could have been prevented mm-hmm. and more tools. They learn mm-hmm. um, how to make an OBGYN or a, a GYN appointment, appointment yeah. yeah, gynecologist appointment. They learn how to put a condom on. Mm-hmm. So it's a really good video.
4: You mentioned the condom demonstrations. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you ladies uh find when you when you do those mm. is there the awkwardness from the girls like how how do they respond to that
2: Funny enough being the people that Reina and I are <laughs> I really don't feel like there's, like, that awkwardness that you probably would have with your health teacher who's some, like, 50-year-old man. No. So, like, by that point, like, first of all, we walk in and we just look like one of the students low-key. Right, yeah. And, I mean, the way we talk, the way we hold ourselves, like, they'll be chatting. We'll be like, yo, can y'all chill real quick? And they're like, oh, they're kind of cool. Right. So by the time we're like, all right, y'all, what's this? And they're like, oh, it's a condom. We're like, okay, bad. Open it up. So by then, like, usually the... Awkwardness, and that's that's what I'm saying. The ending is very nice because usually by then all the barriers are broken down, and Mm -hmm. they feel very open to be like, like come. Some people come up to us afterwards, like, "Hey, can I ask you a question?" Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Sure," and they'll ask like very personal questions, and like the fact that we can get to that point within an hour of knowing them is like this is, and this is all a one day setting situation. It's not two parts. We see them one time, and usually by the end Mm -hmm. they are able to ask us questions that they either don't want to or are comfortable asking their friends or family. Um or their nurse or anything like that. So having that, I think, is the most not the most important, but that's one of the most important parts.
4: Yeah. How often do the it's the choices for me events happen?
2: <laughs> it's very dependent on schools. Who says yes? Who says no? Right. To be honest, we've this is our third year doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, the first two years, or I don't know if I say rocky, but it was it was we hard coming schools. off of COVID. Yeah, and yeah. it was. Difficult to get our foot in the door, so mm-hmm. like, a getting a receiving an email from Girl Gang Entertainment off rip is just kind of like right. who, who are these people? This? Like who is this? <laughs> and then we're like, hey, sexual health, and they're like, all right, this sounds like something we don't need. Right. So once we pass that part and they see who we are and they understand we're affiliated with whole Buffalo, like usually then people are more open to having us come to their school. And so this year was our first year where we felt like. We got into some schools, and then that teacher told another teacher, and that teacher told another teacher from a different school. So, like, like I think workers. social workers, mm-hmm. gym teachers. So, like, uh, we just had performing arts literally for the whole month of April. We went every Friday for gym classes. So that, and that came from us going to Kenmore West, and then that came mm-hmm. from us going to another after-school program. So, I feel like between maybe, like, December to April, we were at least at a school yeah. once a month. Busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: And in true Girl Gang fashion, we did create an event off of oh, yeah. <laughs> this intervention that we provide. So that's called Healthy Girl Events. Um, we It depends on what's happening. Sometimes we'll do Healthy Girl Halloween mm-hmm. or Healthy Girl Summer. Yeah. And we'll just do events or we'll do activities that go with the time of year or whatever is happening. Um, for Halloween, we had... Um, Sydney Moore come out Mm -hmm. and do hip-hop, extreme hip-hop with Sydney, and she just did a quick class with the girls with her steps. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had Jumaane come out and do some kickboxing moves with Mm -hmm. the girls. Yeah. We had a nice, you know, display of drinks and hot cider
2: and a DJ. Yeah, like a block party. Oh, yeah. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. Just promoting healthiness. Like, Mm -hmm. that's, like, at the base of it. Like, that's what we want it to be. Yeah. And just good vibes. Chill. Yeah, we had
0: organizations come out, they gave out candy mm, and other nice. free things. I mean, was it Planned Parenthood? They were gonna like full bags.
2: Yeah. Like gym bags. Yeah. That was nice. Filled, Yeah. Wow. It was really mm-hmm. nice. It was really nice.
4: Uh mm. you mentioned that uh when you started the business, you had no money.
2: Right. Zero. Zero. <laughs> Negative dollars. Bank <laughs> <Right. laughs> account. Negative, Negative. Right. overdraft fees. Yes. yes. <laughs> Big overdraft. <laughs>
4: How difficult, or or talk to us about being young black women, mm-hmm. navigating ownership. Mm-hmm.
0: So there were a lot of groups that we joined. Um, the Kenesha's Women's Business Center was a big help. Mm-hmm. We participated in their growth program, which they have for um, women entrepreneurs and businesses that are basically at the point that we were at, we started, but we were just trying to like really get our footing and like mm. marketing and just all of the small details that didn't have to do with <laughs> us actually just doing our work. work. Yeah. Um, but it was very helpful. Shout out to Kanisha's women's business center. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our friends and resources. Like mm-hmm. we've had a lot of people mentor us and assist us. Um, one of the ladies at hope Buffalo used to be an event planner Mm -hmm. and she kind of took us under her wing and you know would help us she mentored us Um, we worked with the SBA as well and um, got a mentor through them so a lot of mentoring yeah like just us listening and taking everything in like we're definitely sponges Mm we 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 love to hear new information and just be educated on like best practices. Mm-hmm. I'm always like looking at the SBA to see like what different tutorials or what conferences they have or just like little classes mm-hmm. that I can sit and watch and like get information about. Mm-hmm. So that's that's been our biggest thing is just looking for business resources. What's next for Girl Gang? Oh, girl. <laughs> You got that right. (laughs) So we are in the process right now um, with Hope Buffalo of moving forward with 17 days, ideally. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're looking to continue that intervention. um, And whether or not it's specifically 17 days or another video, another program, Mm -hmm. it's the choices for me is um, what we're looking to continue at the very moment. Yeah, And then... Possibly, maybe some moving out of Buffalo for Pop and Play, but we'll see.
2: Yeah, we definitely want to take Pop and Play to another state. Yes.
0: Oh, nice. For sure.
2: Another city. Or maybe even another country. Right. Like Canada. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No, honestly, because like the concept is there. Mm -hmm. Like, we we know that that is done like there's no changing that like we know the goal is to decrease stis (laughs) STIs to get more people testing to reduce stigma and we're like we already have this package we can literally be like okay bet this is what we do we find the erie county department of health equivalent to wherever we're going boom they're there do free testing we find a dope little bar Mm-hmm. There's pop and play. <laughs> We've had so many people
0: reach out to us to be on the live from outside of New York. Mm-hmm. We've had people from California, people from Atlanta, DC. Mm-hmm. Like people are always reaching out to us because they seen it, they watched a live, they've right. seen our social media or something, and so we know that the interest is there. Mm-hmm. We just we just have to do it. So yeah, stay no. tuned.
2: Stay stay tuned. We're
0: there. So, ladies,
4: how can our audience or anyone listening, if they want to know more information about Girl Gang ENT, about the pop and plays, what is the best way for them to access the information?
2: Um, so they can visit our website at girlgangent.com. Um, and then if you're on social, our Instagram is girlgangent. And then for pop and play, our Instagram is popinplay 716 So it's P-O-P-N-P-L-A-Y-716. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you.
1: On Buffalo What's Next, we're talking with Chris Simmons today, better known as Sea saint <laughs> yeah, Performer here in Buffalo, a battle rapper as well. We're going to get into that and talk about what that is as well. But Chris Simmons, thanks for joining us.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah,
1: this is this is a great opportunity for us. Uh, let's just talk about your your background, how you just got into performing. How did that all start performing for you? Performing in general? Yeah. Um,
3: so I grew up in a church. Yeah. Um, I remember one time my grandmother was like, "You're gonna sing this song in church," and mm-hmm. I was like, "I really don't want to." And she said, "You don't have a choice." So next thing you know, I'm standing in front of this church, and I'm like, <laughs> "Like, do I have to?" She made me. Next thing you know, um, like they 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 made me do more and more things in the church. There was a uh, the first time I did, um, like a rap. It was this uh, thing I learned in the third grade. It was called "Don't Quit." And they were like, "Chris, you got to do something for this program. It's like youth program or whatever we have." So it was up.
1: a rap called "Don't Quit." Yeah. Can you remember any of it?
3: Um. Yes.
1: Can you? Could you? Oh give my just, god! Just a little, just a little bit.
3: <laughs> um. Yeah. So they they are like, "Oh, we need you to uh, we need you to do something." I was like, "Can I do this rap?" And they're like, "Okay." And they just had faith that I would do it. Like, right? Yeah. I didn't like go through it with anyone. They just had faith in me, so I went up there. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you trudge, it seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the depths are high, when you want to smile but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. And it was like, It's nice. like three other verses, and that is as far as I can remember. Sure, but <laughs> so, so
1: that response and that, that that feeling, is that what carried you moving oh, forward? It was
3: it was fun because I started doing it more and more, and they wanted to hear it more and more, and next thing you know, I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe rapping can be fun. But I tried to rap, and I just wasn't good at it because okay. I wasn't, like, I don't know. I, I feel like I didn't know enough words. Sure. And I didn't, like, I feel like you have to study rap. Like, you have to, like, you can't just hop into it willy-nilly, you kind of have to know what you're doing, and what makes certain things good, and I didn't do that yet, because I'm I'm like, what, freaking 12? Right. I had to study it, and I had to kind of live a little bit more life, like, I could rap at 14 years old, but who's going to listen to his story, you know, like, not to say that a 14-year-old wouldn't have a story, but no one wants to hear that, (laughs) like, no one's going to believe that you really went through enough to connect to it, you know, Yeah. you look at, yourself at 14 and now a lot of life has been lived so you have more of a story now i didn't have a story yet
1: what uh what started building inside your story that made it made that difference though?
3: um truly i I've, I've always been like a you know invested in the rap culture you okay know, i love listening to rap and i've always wanted to do it but i didn't think i could and eventually i was like you know what, i'm just gonna try it and i wrote a what we call sixteen bars. You write your sixteen bars or whatever, and it sucked. It just was not good. <laughs> and I was like, What is it about this that makes this not good? So I kind of went and just studied rap a little bit more and I tried it again. And I showed it to one of my friends. My friend uh Genesis, he's a local rapper in Buffalo, phenomenal. Like he's phenomenal at what he does. Um and I presented it to him. I'm like, hey, Listen to this, and he was like, Yeah, this is good. So we recorded it, and that's when I was like, I think I like doing this. Like, this is kind of fun. Yeah, I, I, but at that time, I was going by the name The Saint, and uh, eventually it changed into Sea Saint.
1: What, uh, what went into that change? Some, something special? Something it, oh, it's, it's not
3: particularly interesting. Story, but okay, so what happened was I, I made my email, my um, and you know how on Yahoo. You have to go first name, last name. Mm-hmm. I said, Chris Saint, whatever. And then the email was csaint80 at yahoo.com. And then uh, one day I was like, uh, my my f- um, friend Genesis, he was like, hey, we got a show coming up. Um, I need your email so I can send you these tracks. I was like, csaint80 at yahoo.com. He was like, is that your name? And I was like, no, it's, it's The Saint. You know that. He was like, you should go by C-Saint. And I was like, why? <laughs> he was like, I don't know. It's something about that. And next thing you know, he sends me the flyer, and it's Genesis and C-Saint. I'm like, well, I guess we're doing this now. It's, it's C-Saint. That's my name.
1: How about uh, when it comes to performing rap, do you prefer live over studio?
3: Oh, that's a great question. Um, it really just depends. Okay. Because I can sit here and rap all day to a bunch of people. It may or may not resonate with them immediately. Sometimes it'll resonate with people. Sometimes it won't. When you're in a studio and you make a song, you can make mistakes. And you can go and correct them. And everything's in your control. And you have more time to dictate what comes out. And when you're in a car and you're listening to your music or you have headphones in, something about that is a little bit more intimate. And then they'll, people will respond to it in their own way. However, there's also something about being in person and getting that immediate response. Like, I remember I was in a battle one day and then I, I, uh, I set a bar. That's what they call it, bars. I set a bar and I promised the room erupted like it felt like an earthquake. I have never felt that in a studio. Sure. You feel me? Absolutely. But also, I've never felt the perfection that comes with a studio live. Being live, there are imperfections and that's fun, you know, the imperfections is what makes it perfect. Sometimes you can make it work, but something about it's 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 a it's it's there's positives and negatives to both. If I had to pick one, I would say I like the studio better because you know I'm I'm not just rapping when I'm in the studio. Sometimes I'm playing a guitar. Sometimes I'm uh, you know just doing extra things. Sometimes you can do a skit as you you know right 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 <laughs> very memorable sometimes, skit. <laughs> sometimes you can you can do all of that in the studio and yeah you can bring those aspects to perform live. It's just different sides of a like it's a different side of two different coins you know
1: right. Right. Uh, We should uh, tell folks that we're uh, talking with uh, Chris Simmons today on Buffalo What's Next, better known as Sea Saint. And you can listen to his. uh um, his music on Spotify. That's what he was just referencing, and there's a little a little skit in there asking about who's who the uh, who the best rap, uh, battle rapper is. And
3: uh, it's it's honestly quite exactly like this right now. <laughs> it's a
1: it's a lot like this, but it's uh yeah. But if you would have
3: asked me that question, I would have been so perfect. <laughs> oh, that would have been great.
1: Now uh, let's talk about the the recorded music for just a little bit. Yeah, sure. Are we hearing a lot of you inside that as well? I and mean, when I'm saying that, you know, you know, obviously you can tell your voice, but there are other voices in there. There are other sounds. There's, like you said, guitar. Mm-hmm. How much of it is is you that we're hearing in there? Um,
3: I try and do as like as much as I can because it's um,
1: amazing how blended everything is and the the background and it's yeah, very impressive.
3: I appreciate that. Um, when I when I go in the studio and I, when I make like a like when I make my song, the first thing I think of is. Like, cause I can't just make like a lot of people were good at just writing music and just doing whatever, but I, I I have to love a song before I can write to it. I love the instrumental before I can write to it. And, um, when I, when I hear it, the first thing I go is, okay, how can I add to this? Cause just, just the song, like the instrument itself sometimes is good enough. I want to add to that and make it better. That's the approach I take. So If it's my personality or the things that make people laugh, if it's how good I am at rapping, the art of rapping itself, if it's playing the guitar, if it's adding a joke, if it's, you know, whatever I can bring to make this song better, that's what I want to do. Okay. And that's the approach I take. So a lot of the times it is... All of me. It's 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 the jokes. It's the lyricism. It's the guitar. If I can, the drums. It's whatever I can add to make the overall musical experience as good as it can possibly be.
1: It's got to be an unbelievable feeling though, then to listen when this is done. You have no and to idea. listen to all the, all that that you put into. I'll that. tell
3: you, I uh, I made the song. One of the songs on the album is called Approach Me, and I thought I was done with the song. I thought I was done with the song. I did the song, and I was like, okay, this is as good as it's gonna get. But then I went, listened to it in the car, and I'm like, something is freaking missing. Hmm. And I was like, wait. The, the song itself is about the anxiety that comes with a man and a woman who want to talk to each other but are too scared to do so. Sure. And I'm like, I think I need the voices of the people who want to talk to each other. So I went. I got one of my best friends in the whole white world, Charlie Vocals. I got one of my, the most powerful voices I can think of. Her name's Lorraine. And I'm like, you guys sing on this song. I'm going to go outside and not listen to it until I'm going to trust you guys. And they were like, okay, I'm trusting in their musicianship. I can direct what I want. Right. And I can direct where I think would be best if you guys did X, Y, and Z. But I'm going to trust you guys. I go, they recorded a the thing, and when, when the dude played it back, and he's like, this is your vision, I almost melted in my seat. Because mm. it's like, this whole thing came from you hearing this instrumental and thinking, I can add to this. And then I did, and this is a result of that. And it made me feel so freaking good. So, yeah, it is a good feeling when all of it is out. Right. All of it is, like, on the track. All of it is... Like, you can hear it back, and it's, it's a relieving feeling, too. Same with battle rap. When I'm done and I can just, like, go back and listen to the body of work, I listen to the crowd reaction and them appreciating the thing that I put hundreds and hundreds of hours into, you know? And that's a good feeling, too. That's what makes you go back to it because sure. you can get that immediate response.
1: I'm gonna ask you to think back here, but when Chris Simmons was a high school student at East High School here in Buffalo, yes, did he did he think that he was going to be doing this
3: kind of thing? Oh, that's a gr- my goodness, no, <laughs> like no. I, back then, I was only playing the guitar. Okay. Um, I, I I loved rap and I loved hip hop, but I didn't do it. I only did it when I was like rapping on the bus walking down the street going to my job or whatever you know whatever i was doing in high school but i wasn't i was still in chorus back then so i didn't think that i would be doing this
1: so kids you just remember this kids you can go from chorus to being a rapper (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) whatever you whatever you put your mind to i guess you can if you try hard enough yeah no I, i didn't think i would be
3: doing it i i there was there were like the rap battle culture wasn't even as popular as it was now. Yeah. So I really didn't think I would be doing it. Yeah. I didn't think that there would be an outlet for me to do it, even if I wanted to do it. Right. And um yeah, like I, I look back and I'm and I'm actually I had this kind of like come to Jesus moment the other day where I'm like, yo, you, you do a lot of stuff and you're good at it. Like not and and I, I hate having to say that out loud because it feels icky. Like Understood. It feels like yeah, I'm yeah, bragging, yeah. but I'm not like I'm I'm just like, oh like you pick the things that you love doing and you try to master them. And because of that, you now being a 29-year-old male like you this is what you are and this is what you've become. Good job. Like I wish I could talk to my 17-year-old self and be like, "Dude, just wait. Mm-hmm. Just wait and focus. Mm-hmm. Just wait, you know?" Right. So, yeah, I'm I'm I didn't think I'd be doing it, but here we are.
1: Yeah. Now, how about the lyrics, then? Like we've talked about the, the musicianship. Mm-hmm. The lyric part of it is a whole another ball game. It, yeah. It's amazing that anybody didn't put together more than two lines quite frankly, <laughs> for, from where I stand but uh how about for you uh so, did it come a, somewhat naturally or what
3: no not, not, th- not at all? Th- that's probably the hardest part yeah because how how do you connect with a group of people with words some people were really good at articulating themselves right like not even just like rappers but like even speakers sure certain speakers were good at articulating themselves. Right. Martin Luther King's
1: great. Actor. Barack Obama probably never did a rap in his he, life, but he could. Oh, he, he could I'm too. sure he did. He probably That's true. He probably <laughs> I'm, does. I'm positive he did. You're right, right. But certain people <laughs> are good at
3: cultivating emotion, whether it be good or bad. How do you take lyrics and make people feel a thing? That's not easy at all. Yeah. So I had to really, like whenever I'm like, that's the hardest part because if I have to make people feel happy on a song, that's not easy. If I have to make people feel sad on a song, that's not easy. Because my experience isn't your experience. I, I made a, a, a song to, um, to like kind of honor and dedicate to my mom. Um, she passed away in 2017. Sorry. the song, Yeah, thanks. The, the song itself is called March 9, 2017. That's the date that she passed. And I just kind of went through the five stages of grief on the song even though that's something that a lot of us can maybe sympathize with it's not something that all of us can empathize with hmm. and how do you make someone go i feel what you're feeling in those lyrics it's not easy and it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort and i think effort is the most important part because if you don't if you don't put effort into your lyrics it's going to show so When I finally do get those moments where a crowd erupts over something that I say, it feels like it was worth it because it's it's genuinely hours and upon hours of work. You know, like me just sitting there wondering, okay, not only do I have to make them feel something, this has to be witty. This has to be clever. But it also has to rhyme, <laughs> you know. Like you can right. say a bunch of witty and right. clever things, but right. at the end of the day, it has to rhyme as well, and it has to be double, sometimes triple entendres with words. Sometimes it has to be something that um, brings th- your mind one way and then completely switches over. Like it makes it has to make people like be on a roller coaster where they don't know the destination that is not easy and i have a high respect for people who can do that consistently because it isn't easy i challenge anyone to think of a a bar today by all means it's not easy and i think that's where people will have like a respect for lyricists when you realize like oh putting this together is not like there's no theory that comes with this you know like music theory at the end of the day you can go like, okay, A C and D chords go together. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm just talking. Here's an example. Yep. A C and D chords go together. You can you can do that with music theory. You can't do that with lyrics hmm. because there's no theory. At the end of the day, for every for every Lupe Fiasco you get, someone who's a master at lyrics. For every for every Eminem you get. You'll get an ODB, who admittedly may not have the most complex lyrics, but I would not deny that he's not one of the best lyricists I've ever heard in my life. And sometimes he just says gibberish. Hmm. Why exactly do we like that? Right. I don't know. So it, there's no book, there's no you know, thing to learn from with this, especially considering that rap is new. Lyrics and songs aren't new, but like rap itself is is new. It's it's a young art form. Sure. So Where do we learn from? Where do we like? Where do we learn how to be good lyricists? You know, like you you want to study guitars, you got Jimi Hendrix, you got Van Halen, you got uh Zach Wild, you got you got people to learn from. You got Baby King, you got people who you can learn from. Yeah, we have people we can learn from from rap, but it's only as good as it's innovated, and that's those are the people who we remember, the people who innovate rap. Right. So we got to keep innovate and, and we have nothing to learn from to be innovators
1: tell me about process then for writing uh, writing your lyrics i mean i, I mean can with, just, with, just take me in just to, just take me in like wait, you know like you said you, you're putting hours into this so yeah. so what are we seeing are you are you scrawling and you're putting on your phone you're going back what are you doing okay Talk to so the, take uh, me through.
3: my my question to you is when, when it comes to battle rap or when it comes to songs or do songs you
1: both? I mean, let's just go with songs songs yeah.
3: okay so when i hear uh an instrumental or whatever because I, I can't write songs without having like some sort of Musical focus. Okay. You know, because. So you have to have the musical focus. Yeah, I'd, I'd like okay. to have like the music there at least to be like, okay, I'm gonna do this or flow this way or All right. whatever. All you right. know, once I have that, okay, what does this song make me feel? Do I wanna just get on here and talk crap or do I want to have some sort of message to it? Do I wanna be funny? Do I wanna talk about not wanting to go to work? What I, I don't wanna talk about. Once I have the subject in mind, now I can go, okay, let's think of all the things that go with, let's just say not going to work. Yeah, please. I don't want to I be able to contribute. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to go to work today. It's seven o'clock in the morning. I don't feel like getting up or whatever. So let's like kind of grab all of these ideas that come with not going to work or not wanting to go to work. Um, When you wake up, you have to brush your teeth in the morning. How are you feeling when you're doing that? How are you feeling about, like, getting your next paycheck? How are you feeling about whatever you're feeling going through that when you're making your breakfast, when you're on the road, driving to work, feeling whatever? Get all of these feelings. Now, from that, I have to create lyrics. And how do I go, oh, I'm brushing my... And this is very... Whoever's listening to this, you need to understand. This is... <laughs> <laughs> this is like off the top. I would never actually rap like this. I'm just trying to give an example because this is about to suck. Oh, I'm trying to brush my teeth and I'm feeling some defeat. Got to make something to eat. What should come first, me brushing my teeth or the food? I don't want to be rude. Like, you know, you just gotcha. kind of like make an outline of whatever you feel. Right, and then the lyrics will come naturally to that, and then at a certain point, you got to make it rhyme. (laughs) And then I think, I mean, that's my favorite part because once I have the lyrics, the rhyme scheme is what I like the most, okay? Because rhymes are what can dictate how well a lyric can go, you know, you make a rhyme scheme. And like uh, I I I'd, I'd be better showing you than I tell than I can tell you. But I go um, if it's like one two three and four. I can rhyme on one. I can rhyme on three. I can rhyme on one and two. I can rhyme on one and four. Do another three four lines and then rhyme with the same rhyme that I rhymed on the one. You know, like there's so many ways you can go with okay. it. And it all that all depends on your creativity and how well you want to. Just keep the audience guessing.
1: Chris Simmons is with us uh, today on Buffalo. What's next? Better known as Sea Saint, and you can uh, find his music on Spotify, among other places as well. But most certainly worth uh, worth checking out. So now, yeah, it's time now to talk about battle rapping. All right. This is uh, it, to hear people describing it. Initially, <laughs> it has this it has this sense. You mentioned that I think maybe off air about Eminem and um, uh, mm-hmm. Eight Mile. Um, some of the the, the scenes there and, and such, but it has such an aggressive <laughs> kind of not- sense to it. And the, to meet you, <laughs> you're like this nice, nice guy who just wants to be, is obviously very friendly, and yet you're a battle rapper, and you're pretty you're pretty good at it. So t- let's talk about how that comes together.
3: My first question is, have you seen some of the footage, the battle? I rapper? have not seen any of the okay, footage. Okay, okay, okay. Have you seen Battle Rap though? You've I have seen... not. Okay. I have not. This right, is something so...
1: uh, Otis East, somebody who, who I, right. you and I know, and that's actually put, put us together, um, was actually was to tell me about it. I was a whole phenomenon I didn't know about.
3: Okay, so it's it's good. You're in a good position then. Because, yeah, believe, so believe it or not, you're in a good position because right. um, you have no preconceived notions right. about it. Like right. you have no like you you're going in fresh. Yes. Um, so Battle Rap in its nature is aggressive. I'd like to think that that's because of the environment in which it was birthed. Battle rap does not come from a good place. Rap itself doesn't come from a good place. Rap comes from aggression. It can be rhythm and poetry, or it can be riots and passion. Whatever you decide, R.A.P. means to you. But battle rap comes from And, well, I don't know if this is the actual answer, but if I was in a college class, this is what I would give. Battle rap comes from the competitive nature that comes with being young black people in a struggling environment. We had to scratch and claw to get the best out of life. And with that comes competition. And the way that we... The way that we express ourselves is through rap so with rap came the competition they met and birthed battle rap that's where it came from when you're competitive with someone you if you want to win you have to be aggressive you can't just halfway you can't halfway to victory like you're either gonna win or you're not And once you realize that the person standing across from you has the same resolve, if not maybe more than you do, of wanting to win, sometimes you feel threatened. Like, oh, this guy really could take me out. This guy really could be better than me. With that comes maybe some of your insecurities. A lot of these rappers are rapping to mask their own insecurities. One of the insecurities that I have is being such a nice guy, Hmm. but also being very very aggressive on stage It's one of the, not even just very aggressive and when you see it you'll understand what I'm saying not just very aggressive one of the most aggressive one of the most aggressive rappers to go against so
1: where does that come from your competitiveness where, where does that come from
3: I'd like to think I'm not competitive but I've learned that I am okay. <laughs> Like I've learned the hard way you no know, sure. you actually care about this the sure. competitiveness in battle rap for me comes from the fact that I am a nice guy and wanting to prove everyone—I mean, yeah, I am a nice guy. Like, I'm—I'm I'm pretty, you know. I'm—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm a sweetheart, okay? Like, I'm—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, 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 I'm a big ball of hugs, but that's not all that I am, and that's where my competitive nature comes from, wanting to make people understand who I am. Like, I'm—I'm I'm not just—I'm layered, you know. Like, I'm not just someone who you can fit in one box. There's several boxes that I would have to go into and if you think that I am just this, you're wrong. Like I'm not just this. I'm not just a big ball of hugs. Sometimes I'm a ball of hugs and I'm sometimes I'm a ball of nails, you know? It depends on what's going on that day. So, that's where battle rap comes from. That's where the competitive nature comes from. That's why it's so aggressive because you have to you have to Sit there and let someone dog you out and talk crap about, whether it be you, your girlfriend, your mother, your (laughs) career. They're going to talk about all of it. There are no, I mean, there's some rule, like, you know, just, there's a certain code of conduct that most people should just follow with battle rap. But at the end of the day, it's competitive and people will say and do anything to make sure they win. So, there's a code, but some people ignore it. That's where the problems come in. But that's a whole different topic. But you got to sit there and you got to let someone dog you out. And then you have to come back with something that's better than that than what they said, no matter what it is. That's where the anger comes from cuz you'll sit there and then you'll let someone go, "Oh, look at your shirt. Look at your jeans. You stupid. You you, you get to let someone just say whatever." And then you gotta go. Well, hey, your shirt sucks too, guy. Like, <laughs> and again, for people listening, I'm giving a very, very watered down explanation what I, yes, of what yep. battle rap is. But in its core, that's what it is: someone talking about you in a way. And then you go, well, no, actually, this is this is who I am. Right. And you, so you
1: told me though that you when you ha- have these matches, and you've got one looks like in in July. Yes. You know who you're going to to battle rap against? That you're already starting to prepare to a certain extent um and at the same time though do you have to vary course in the middle of the of the battle because like you said maybe somebody got mean by that well you've got you you have lyrics i guess that that you've Mm -hmm. already prepared and then somebody somebody one one ups you what do you do
3: what do you do man you have to trust in yourself okay you have to trust it you have to trust that what you wrote is good yeah and that's the hard part, because sometimes you... like Because you got a
1: crowd there, they're yes. cheering against you now, maybe? Battle
3: rap, battle rappers and battle rap crowds can be fickle sometimes, man. So <laughs> sometimes they may not want to hear what you have to say.
1: Chris Simmons, thanks for being with us. Thanks, guys. Chris Simmons, better known as Sea Saint, with us on Buffalo What's Next, on WBFO and WBFO HD1 Buffalo, WOL and Oleon, and WUBJ Jamestown, your NPR station.